visiting for the first time, still, feels, still feel a little bit on the fringes of our community, or you've been here for what feels like forever, welcome. Welcome to this place. You're invited to come and know God's grace. All are welcome, the love of God to share, because all of us are welcome here. We acknowledge that we are meeting on Treaty 1 territory, the ancestral lands of the Métis Nation, the Dakota, the Cree, Oji Cree, Dene, Haudenosaunee, and Anishinaabe. This week, we have taken pause to reflect on Canada's history of separating Indigenous children from their parents, placing children in residential schools far from their homes, loved ones, and culture. May we remember that every child matters and is loved and created by God. For the life of the congregation, please refer to your bulletin. I'm going to look right now to remind us that 
After the service, we have adult form formation with Emma Martins speaking and sharing about Rwanda and peacemaking and all of us interacting with her. Um, on the other side, let's remember in a special way Vi Brown as she recovers from her cancer surgery, which happened this week, and also Robin Dick. She's recovering from a heart procedure. And her sister, Sarah Dick, daughter of Alvine and Richard Dick, got married on Saturday. Kyle Penner actually performed that, that wedding, so we congratulate them and pray for them. Uh, Sunday, October 16th, is our Thanksgiving potluck. There are sign-up sheets for cleanup and um, preparation set up that you're welcome to involve yourself with. That's always a fun time. And Mel has an announcement. I, for those of us, or those of us, those of you who came here today um, wanting to share child dedication with uh, Joel and Heidi and Sheldon and Rose, um, it's not going to happen, so you can go home. Here, leave. Um, we've had a comical day a week again, um, and that's what way Heidi wrote it to me. Their third try to have their children dedicated, and uh, she phoned, emailed me on Friday, and they're sick at their home again, which has happened three times. And so, um, for those of you who know them, you can. I'd say pray for them. You can also laugh with them. Maybe that's a good thing to do. Uh, I then let Rose and Sheldon know about that and said, you'll be up here alone on Sunday. They said, well, our kids have been sick too. And so we don't have child dedication today. And uh, anyway, yeah, the morning will go on. I will maybe make a few clarifications along the way. One of them that I'm making, and I, I don't know, oh, Tamara's right there. I forgot to tell her, before the ch presentation of the Bibles, there will be something else in place of child dedication, Tamara. So don't come right up. So um, anyway, that's our morning has changed, but um, we're going to enjoy it. Uh, there's going to be Bible presentations to the small children, three and four, so we're going to be remembering and celebrating with children this morning as well. Our call to worship is from Isaiah chapter 49, taken from the message, which is a translation by Eugene Peterson. Can a mother forget the infant at her breast? walk away from the baby she bore. But even if mothers forget, I'd never forget you, never. Look, I've written your names on the backs of my hands. The walls you're rebuilding are never out of my sight. Let's pray to begin. Thank you, God, our loving father and our loving mother, that worship is always our true home. Thank you that it is here in our faith community that we are welcomed, here that we can show and be our true selves and be accepted and reconciled to you and each other through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We trust that in this hour of song, scripture, sharing, and dedication, we will be able to rest in your love. Amen. You can join us. It's page 509 for See the Children Here Before Us. And instead of this song being a dedication for the children at the front, maybe it's a message to all of us today. You may stand and sing with us. See the children here before us, fresh expressions of God's love. Precious promise sent from heaven's realm above. God, we ask you now 
being sick and that we wouldn't have child dedication, I thought, oh, shoot, I, I maybe need to change what I'm going to preach on today or how we're going to structure the service. And yet we were uh, with our children uh, this weekend um, for kind of our Thanksgiving thing before some of our kids won't be here around uh, for a while again. And so I thought, I'm not going to try and mess up that day or my sermon by trying to do two things at the same time. So um, you'll get kind of what I had prepared anyway. But what I did think I would do is, um, as we reflected, and it's in my sermon, actually, uh, one paragraph there, someone noted this week the irony, um, or, well, actually, Enid did. She doesn't tell me to always use her name, but she mentioned the irony of... Um, of the fact that we were remembering children and many other things during this uh, week of Truth and Reconciliation um, on the same Sunday that we are dedicating children here, as the song just said. And one of the songs that I had in my sermon that I've always found very powerful is a Bruce Coburn song called Red Brother, Red Sister. Um, it's also a favorite of, of Bruce, uh, Steve Bell, I'm sorry, who um, sings it and has covered it again. And so I thought what we would do is we would take um, this as a bit of a time um, not to bring the service down, but just to reflect. Um, it's our way of saying that uh, this week we have again remembered um, what has happened, and I'll be mentioning it just briefly. Um, but take note of the last verse, um, which talks about not what we've done politically, but who we've been as those of followers of Christ, and what we have to lament, and what we have to work forward, towards for going forward. Um, so take a listen to the song, make it a moment of reflection um, in relation to the things we've heard this past week and hopefully where we go from here as we're always going somewhere from here. Saw the ancient bloom cut, pressed and dried A sign said, wasn't it clever what they used to do But it never did say how they died Hey, 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 hey. 
Heard a cab driver say what he'd seen There's a grand place to eat Out on the number one All white ladies if you know what I mean had the tradition of handing out Bibles or books to kids who are three or four years old. And we've kind of put it on pause for the last couple of years. So we're going to start that up again. And I'm going to, we're handing out, this year we're handing out these books. And they're retellings of Bible stories from Archbishop, Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Do you guys know that guy? You ever heard of him? So he was a special leader in a country called South Africa. And he worked very hard his whole life to try and get justice for his people and peace and to work hard to help people learn how to forgive each other. 
because there was lots of bad stuff that happened. But I'm going to read you a story from there, and it's about another special leader. His name was Moses. Have you heard of that guy? Yeah? Okay. So I'm not a teacher, so I'm not very good at reading like this, but we'll do our best. You see? You see the pictures? <clears throat> it's called God Tells People How They Should Live, The Ten Commandments. Anybody ever heard of the Ten Commandments? Just your parents' rules, maybe? Moses led the Hebrews through the desert to Mount Sinai. Fire and smoke erupted from the mountains, and the ground shook when God spoke through the thunder to them. My children, I brought you out of slavery, and now I will teach you how to live in freedom. All people are my children, but I have chosen you to be a special blessing to the people of the world. Then God taught the Hebrews his rules for loving him and for loving each other. Put God first. Do not worship other gods. Respect God's name. Keep a day to rest and pray. Listen to your mom and your dad. Don't hurt anyone. Moms and dads must love each other. Don't take anything without asking. And be thankful for what you have. When the people heard the voice of God, they promised to love God and to obey the rules forever. Moses then carved two tablets of stone with those commandments, with those rules, so that the people wouldn't forget them. After the Hebrews had wandered in the desert for many years, God brought them to a land flowing with milk and honey, just as God had promised. It was the land of Israel. So, this morning, we have a special person over there. You guys might know her as the sucker lady. I call her Auntie Elsie, because she's Mark's aunt. And you could probably call her Auntie Elsie, too. She probably wouldn't mind. But if you go find her, usually she sits at the very back corner and she likes to hand out suckers to kids. So if you find her, she'll probably give you a sucker. Um, anyway, so I'm going to call um, some names, and I actually don't know if you're all here, but she will, if you're not here, you can tell the people who aren't here. <laughs> we'll put the books in their mailboxes. Um, Dawn Barkman, I don't think I saw them here. Emily Barkman, are you here, Emily? Do you want to go see Elsie? She'll give you a book. And is there a William here? Oh, there's William. It's Frank here this morning. Hi, Frank. Do you want to go see Auntie Elsie? You can sit here or you can take it back to your mom and dad if you want. Oh, your mom's not here, just your dad. Yeah, okay. Uh, Leo, I saw you. Oh, there you are. Hi, do you want to go see Elsie? She'll give you a book. And is Lucia here? Are 
you want a book? No. Later. Maybe your mom wants the book. Yeah, your mom can get the book. <laughs> or else he'll come to you. It's perfect. <laughs> and is Victor here this morning? Victor Jodwe. Where is it? Right? It's Victor. Yeah, Victor. <gasps> yeah. And Benoit's sick? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you want to go get your book for your brother? <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Is Eli here? Oh, there you are. Good work. Yeah, I'm going to make it work right over to Auntie Elsie there. Hey, so now it's a special day because it's kids' church today, too. And I think I get to dismiss you. No? Yes? No? Is there kids' church? Yeah. Okay. Did they go now? Okay. <laughs> you guys can all head to the back and meet your teachers. Hi. Your mom took it. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. You can join us in your hymn books. It's page 131 for a familiar song, Praise, I Will Praise You, Lord. We are going to start at, and sing it actually as written, starting with the first verse sung in French, en français. Uh, please follow along and join with us. <laughs>
The scripture this morning is Deuteronomy, uh, verses 1 to 12 of chapter 6. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the ordinances that the Lord your God charged me to teach you to observe in the land that you are about to cross into and occupy, so that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life and keep all the Lord's decrees and commandments that I am, I am commanding you so that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe them diligently, so that it may go well with you, and so that you may multiply greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you're away and when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. When the Lord your God has brought you into the land that was sworn to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you a land with fine, large cities that you did not build, Houses filled with all sorts of goods, good things that you did not fill. Hewn cisterns, cisterns that you did not hew. Vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. And when you have eaten your fill, take care that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Sorry, Cher, I forgot to set myself up. I'll put it back, yeah, so you can sing. As I was talking the other day with Sheldon and Rose, um, they said something to the effect as we talked about um, where they're at in their family life with young children that someday they would get to look at each other again. And I thought, yeah, that eventually that happens. Um, Heidi and Joel, um, who are not here, and maybe they're listening on live stream, I don't know, but... Um, I've, we've been able to drop uh, things off a couple times when they missed child dedication. We went there and dropped something off once at least, and they didn't look very good. And, um, and it kind of reminded me the same thing. I was at a pastor's gathering this week, and uh, I was in a group, um, interestingly. I sat at the back. Um, when I'm not up here, I like the back row best. And um, I was with this group, and I realized I'm one of the oldest ones there now in these pastor's gatherings, which is kind of striking, and, uh, but I was in the group with uh, young parents, with young kids, and um, as they started to talk, they just kind of reiterated the same thing that I'd heard from Rose and Sheldon and Joel and Heidi when I was there, that life is kind of a fog when you have your young kids, and uh, I do hope, though, because as those of us who are older now know, that looking back, we might say that in some t- ways, those days of fog, for those of you who are young parents, where maybe some of the most special and holy times, actually. It's a time of absolute togetherness under one roof, even if you're sick or you don't have time or whatever to talk with each other. It's very special. The other thing about it is it's a time of understanding absolute helplessness. 
as we become the sole givers of life for our children who absolutely need us. They, they cannot make it do, they cannot make it go without us. So in that way, we learn in some ways about the gift of the life of Jesus, entirely given to us. And then what Jesus asks for when he tells his disciples to love each other as he has loved them. Absolute helplessness. Every fall, Kyle and I spend preaching time in the Old Testament, and I'm staying there for today's reflections. I don't necessarily, or wouldn't, I would have called it child dedication, but I also call it parents' dedication and even community dedication. Because the Old Testament has more to give us specifically in terms of the ritual, like today with children, when children are brought forward to receive Bibles. Stories about children as a blessing to the family, about families and their relation to their faith. These stories actually are dedication about the parents and the community and who they are to lead those children, or how and what they are to lead them into. In a tough story that I won't mention today is a story about Abraham, and he goes up onto a mountain to worship with Isaac. It's a difficult story that needs unpacking, so I won't try to even briefly sketch it. But in the story, it's Abraham who is the primary voice, and Isaac, his son, is the passive one. In another story, a woman, Hannah, waits and prays for a child. She goes to the temple. She prays so intensely that the priest there thinks she's drunk and tells her that she should not have come drunk to the temple. But she says, no, I'm just in agony because I I want a child and God has not given me a child. And there she prays and she promises to God, if I have a child, I will dedicate him entirely to you. She has a child. And her her husband reminds her after a while, after they've been at home, don't forget your promise to God that you have dedicated our son to the Lord. And she remembers, and eventually they take him to the temple, then they leave him there to become a prophet of the God's people. And then also in another story, and it come, it's in the New Testament, we see Jesus being taken to the temple with his parents. They are committed to following that which has been passed down to them, that being not just a ritual, but a life within the faith and community in which that ritual is practiced. In these stories, it's not about the children, as sweet and cute as they are. It's about us. Before child dedication or Bible presentation is about children, it's about us. It's about parents and grandparents and the community of faith which gives itself to that into which we are going to dedicate them. In the passage that Enid read, those parents, grandparents, and community are given the mandate about what they are to do, not what the children are to do, but about what they are to do to create good life in the land that they would enter after having left slavery, after God has taken them out of that. They are to follow God's ways. Those ways are highlighted as the Ten Commandments and laws and decrees which they had previously been given. And it's interesting, I'm supposed to know my Bible like many of you are supposed to know about construction or you're supposed to know about business or how to teach or what to do in an emergency room. The Ten Commandments are repeated in Deuteronomy and I didn't even know that. So I just found that out this week. So I've been humbled. Um, But anyway, to some degree, the importance here is not only and maybe not even primarily in the specific laws that they are given, not the commands, but rather it's in the specific commitment which undergirds all of those laws and commands. A commitment found in the last song that we just sang. They are to praise. I will praise you, Lord. In Deuteronomy it says, the Lord your God is one. 
Serve the Lord God only. And then the second is love. I will love you, Lord. Love the Lord your God comes next. And then serve. I will serve you, Lord. And they're told to teach and observe the commandments and decrees that God gives. We might say that what is done, and I think we know this from our lives, is often determined by what or who is loved. We were once visiting my folks, way back in Saskatchewan when our children were young. I can't remember how old they were. We'd been talking around the, like, the dining room table, drinking coffee, when we noticed the longer than usual disappearance of one of our children in the house. They were somewhere, hadn't heard from them. Looked around, looked upstairs, downstairs, finally discovered them in the living room. My parents in those days had a small candy dispenser, a little wooden one where you turned the nose and you could get a Skittle that would come out. Now there one of our children sat, given that we had only given permission when they would visit my parents to have a few candies. They were allowed a certain number. There my son, ooh, I wasn't going to say that. My, one, of my, <laughs> one of my children sat, strategically hidden, partially, behind a big armchair, candy dispenser in hand, eating much more than he was permitted. I sat down and watched. Kind of proud of myself that I didn't just run over there right away. I sat down and I watched. I don't know how long it took, but eventually I was noticed. Time stood still. Movement ceased. No more chewing. Until ever so slowly a hand and then an arm stretched out from behind the chair, pushing the dispenser <laughs> until it sat there alone, a length arm's length from the culprit. Nothing happened, Dad. Nope. Nothing here but a candy dispenser that somehow mysteriously got there all by itself. Can't remember what happened next, but I know we probably laughed. I hope I did. Not to make too much of kids and candies, but I think there are parallels to life that are found here. My child loved me. I hope that they still love me. But they loved those candies even more on that particular afternoon, and subsequently, that determined their actions. They followed what they loved. What we love will influence our actions and our living. When we are faithful and when we're not, love of God is to lead and will, I trust, lead to attempts to be faithful to God. Jesus says, where your heart is, there will your treasure be. I think we could paraphrase that by saying where your love is, there will your love be and your living. That matters because Jesus names serving and obeying as the way in which God brings good life to all of us, all people and all things by saying, love the Lord your God and your neighbor as yourselves. The words to love God are found in the text that Enid read. The words but neighbor first are found in originally in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus, a place where you do not want to start if you are reading through the Bible. But it does say, love your neighbor as yourself. The other day as we met to talk about the Bible presentation this morning, Tamara, who was doing it here, wondered why do people actually come to church? I've wondered that too, given who's up here speaking every morning. But we're not sure how we answered that. I can't remember what conclusion we came to, but I'd hope that it is partly because we love God and come here with others to express that, to grow in it and desire to learn who to be so that God's beautiful will 
in the world will be done. We come first loving God so that hopefully who we are and what we do will be faithful to God, used by God to bring life. This is the part that I mentioned earlier that we changed because of the child dedication, but I do know that coming here and saying that we love God is not a sure way to do God's will, or it doesn't always happen. Those who love God or confessed who don't always and haven't always served and obeyed well. I think we can look at ourselves. I can look at myself in my life, in my worst moments. We can look at our Mennonite heritage in our worst moments, and those are definitely there. Friday was the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, and we heard the stories of Canadian history, stories of victims, stories of perpetrators, and stories of the state and church. It's staggeringly sad. In that song that you heard earlier, and I don't know if you could get all the lyrics, but I wanted to mention the last verse because that's a powerful one to me. It goes, Went to a powwow, red brother, felt the people's love, joy flow around. Left me crying just thinking about it, how they used my Savior's name to keep you down. We should cry about the story, about how we and our God's name was and is used in this way. I'm sure that Jesus cries. As I mentioned, Enid had said earlier that it's an irony that on a time when we're celebrating children here, we're remembering children being taken away from homes and families. But maybe not an irony, maybe a good thing, maybe divinely coincidental, because it was not planned with that in mind, and yet it can remind us that as we celebrate, we want to celebrate with all people and make things right in God's name. So, rather than saying that love for God doesn't matter, I hope that we like the Old Testament people who consistently failed and then were chastised by God for it before being sent out to try again, will try to love God more so as to bring about what I believe God truly wants for all of us. Maybe seeing that loving ourselves, such a dominant message in our culture, or even naming important yet sometimes vague and bland values such as being nice or or good or kind, do not really lead to life for all. Somehow those aren't deep and full enough. They don't catch the profundity of God. I hope, rather, that we will love God as seen in Jesus, given, so that we will learn to be given in love. If we will be convinced of that, we, not our children, then I imagine we will desire to practice and encourage that which will impress on our children the love for God which brings love for others and creates the world and creation that God hopes for. Here at Grace, pouring ourselves into children's church, gathering the children so that they become known to each other and God through story and fun and prayer as they're doing this morning, having projects like Coins Count and school and health kit collections or rice drives not only to do what's good, but to show our children what love for God and neighbor leads us into. And in our homes, maybe speaking when we're struck by an insight as we're walking or driving, or practicing simple grace at meals, not as a formality and something we just have to do, but with energy and purpose. At breakfast in the morning, to visualize God's presence in the day to come, what's going to happen 
what I'm going to be doing, who I'm going to be seeing, and inviting God into that. At noon, we've already been running around to simply sit in silence in the middle of a busy day to reflect on God's love with us in all things. At supper, to thank God for the sustaining food and energy and health that simply made the day possible. At bedtime, to examine the day and all that was in it, which can lead to both confession and thankfulness. Reading the stories of the Bible with our kids before they nod off to sleep, trying to understand those stories in the context of our world, real issues. Whatever we do, there are no guarantees that our children are going to follow these ways. And likely, even following them, what they do and who they are might look different than what we've known or practiced. That's probably pretty predictable. Yet, if we want God's world to emerge, we can simply, in faith, trust that our love for God, our attempts to live God's ways, and then our attempts to impress those ways on our children will bear fruit. Not because of us, but because in the end, God is faithful, and God wants it to be so. May it be so. Amen. We're going to sing a song right now. Um, it's known sort of by two different names. One is Peace Prayer. The other is Lord Make Me an Instrument. One of my favorite things about this song is it gives me clear, honest, and um, sort of easily followable directions for how to sort of deal with what life throws at you. And during one of the children's stories that I did this summer, I had mentioned that the opposite of negativity isn't unrelenting positivity. Sometimes the opposite of negativity is warmth and understanding. And I really feel like that's what this song is highlighting. So we've chosen to sing it today. If you could stand with us. <clears throat> it should be fairly familiar. We've done it a bunch of times now.
Please join me in the congregational prayer, after which an offertory song will be played. I'll be leaving spaces of silence for you to add your own prayers. We are thankful, Lord, to be here in your presence this morning. We need only to look to the skies to take in the vast canopy of your love. We need only to consider the changing signs and colors of the season to acknowledge your faithfulness and the wonder of creation. And we need only to hear the voices of those we cherish to realize that your gifting to us comes through each other as we live outside of our own needs and into the lives of those around us. We pause to thank you that we can turn to you in our gratefulness. We also acknowledge our despair, our discouragement this morning. You call us to be people of faith, yet we often feel that we are lost and sometimes walking in darkness. We confess that we lose hope, especially during different and, and challenging times. As individuals, we can name our own areas of stress and anxiety. Collectively, we have only to consider the daily news to be reminded of the disorder in our world. We turn to you in these anxious times. We pause to name our despair and discouragement, trusting that you hear us and that you are present even in the dark. We pray for our community of Steinbach and the vulnerable among us. May we be reminded that the hands of the Almighty are so often found at the end, ends of our arms. We pause to pray for the people we know that who, who are dealing with medical concerns, treatments, and ill health. And this morning, we give thanks to you for our children. Thank you for entrusting them into our care as families and as a church family. Remind us that we have committed ourselves to nurturing them as we grow together in faithfulness to you. As we give our offering this morning, we respond to your invitation to follow your way more faithfully, guided by your spirit, confident in your voice showing us the way we give these gifts joyfully in the name of Jesus. Amen. In closing, we'll sing through the song, Guide My Feet.
If you want to follow along, it's on page 100 or 816. And we are going to sing all the verses as written. So we'll finish by repeating the first verse, Guide My Feet. Probably stand for this one. Understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God. Go now in peace. Amen.